Best of the word of prophecy, Dr. F. Kenton Bishore will discuss the Bible as it relates today to our Lord's soon second coming. Once again, Dr. F. Kenton Bishore opens God's Word to enrich our lives and to explain the current global trends in prophecy. Dr. Bishore is president of the World Bible Society, a missionary-minded organization. From the international headquarters of the World Bible Society, here is Dr. Bishore. Welcome to the broadcast today, dear friends. We are in Revelation chapter 21 and are talking about this great, glorious, eternal new heaven and a new earth that John saw, and it is so difficult to try to explain. Holy Heavenly Father, as we come to a passage of Scripture that is so glorious in its outreach, so illimitable in its understanding, oh God, give us wisdom, open hearts and minds, to understand that glorious existence we are going to have with you forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. Revelation 21.1, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth are passed away, and the sea is no more. Now I want to talk about that statement for just a moment, the sea is no more. And before I talk about it, I want to tell you honestly, I don't know what it means. What does it mean in the new creation of God and there was no more sea? A spiritualizer would say that the text refers to the tearing down of all political, national, social barriers, that it is a prophecy of the common brotherhood of all the families and nations of the world. Someone else might say that John is trying to say for us that in heaven, there is no more separation. Now there's basis for an idea like this. Now remember, the symbolizer, a man who sees in the Revelation symbols of great spiritual truth, has a place in our midst. For example, when the Revelation speaks of the Lamb of God, we know that it is a symbol of our blessed Redeemer, the Lord Jesus. A man who sees in the language of the Revelation symbols of spiritual realities could easily understand this statement, there was no more sea, to be a symbol of the fact that there will be no more separation. Now let's consider this idea for a moment. John was on a lonely isle in exile, sent to Patmos to die of starvation and exposure. Across the waste of sea, further than he could see, were those he loved, the church at Ephesus, all the friends and saints of the household of faith. The dark sea rolled in between. I can see now as a symbol, John could say that in glory, there will be no more exile and no more separation. 
there is certainly a dark sea that rolls between time and eternity. There is a dark river of death, a flood that rolls between us and our loved ones gone before. But in heaven there will be no more sea. I can see how symbolically John might mean that there is no more separation between us and our loved friends and family. We shall be together in the other world, world without end, in God's holy and heavenly tomorrow. I can understand that. And I believe the sea was given by God to separate the tribes and the ethnic origins of men. And that will all be taken away. And so God says there will be no more sea. And I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem. Now think of it, new heavens and a new earth. The earth is now full of ailments and disorders and in deep captivity to corruption. And yet we must admit it has much attractiveness, doesn't it? Most men would prefer to stay on this earth forever if they could. Ah, this homestead of our fathers, for so many generations, carpeted with green and flowers, waving with pleasant harvests and shady trees, girded with glorious mountains, gushing with water springs, gladdened with laughing brooks, ribboned with rivers that wind in beauty about rocky promontories, varied with endless hills and valleys and girthed about with the crystal girdle of the ruffled seas. These numerous zones and continents and islands, these youthful springtimes bursting out with myriad life under all their dewy steps, these blazing summer glories, these gorgeous mellow autumns, these winters with their snowy vestments and glazed streams and glowing firesides, and living nature in its 10,000 forms, singing and dancing and shouting and frisking and rejoicing all around us. What pictures and memories and histories and legends and experiences have we here to warm our hearts and stir our souls and wake our tongues and put fire and enthusiasm into our thoughts and words and deeds. But this is only the old earth in its soiled and workday garb where the miseries of a deep, dark, and universal apostasy from God hold sway. Think then what this new earth must bring, an earth which no longer smarts and smokes under the curse of sin, an earth which needs no more to be torn with plows and iron to make it yield its fruits, an earth where thorns and thistles no longer infest the ground nor serpents hiss among the flowers, nor savage beasts lay in ambush to devour, an earth whose sod is never cut with graves, whose soil is never moistened with tears or saturated with human blood, whose fields are never blasted with unpropitious seasons, whose atmosphere never gives wings to the seeds of plague and death, whose ways are never lined with funeral processions or blocked up with armed men on their way to war, an earth whose hills ever flow with salvation and whose valleys know only the sweetness of Jehovah's smile, 
and earth from end to end and from center to utmost verge clothed with an eternal blessedness of paradise restored. This is what God has for them that love him. And then John sees this holy city, new Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem, the capital of God, is an interesting thing to think about. You remember David's throne was originally in Hebron. He wanted to move it to the Jebusite stronghold, Jerusalem. And so he conquered that Jebusite stronghold and called that city the city of David. And there is a section of Jerusalem which still bears that name today. And Jerusalem, the city of Jehovah's peace. That city exists today. Uh, you walk through the streets of Jerusalem. It's a dirty, grimy city within the old walls of shops, of meat shops, of dirty people, filthy streets. Now, the millennial city of Jerusalem will be on top Mount Zion. Mount Zion, remember, will be the only mountain in Israel because Isaiah says the land of Israel will have its valleys exalted and its mountains be brought low. That will mean that it's level. Then in the central part of Israel, there will be a high flat top mountain. And the top of that mountain will be 50 miles north to south, 50 miles east to west. In the northernmost section of the mountain will be where the millennial temple will be. In the southernmost section of that mountain will be where the millennial city of Jerusalem will be, and it will be a city 10 miles north to south and 10 miles east to west. And between the southernmost section of this mountain where the city will be and the northernmost section where the temple will be, where the, will be where the Levites will live. And at the beginning of the millennium, the millennial city of Jerusalem comes down and sits upon Mount Zion. But now we are brought to the eternal city of Jerusalem. And what a vast, beautiful city it is. And it comes down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of the throne saying, and this is the most glorious thing about heaven. Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. The dwelling place of God is with men, and he shall dwell with them, and they shall be his peoples, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Now there is nothing greater than can be said than that about heaven. God will be there, we will be his people, and he will be our God, and we will see him, and God himself shall be with them. Hey, not only is heaven being with God, but it is God being with us. Oh, my friend, I want you to be with me and with God in heaven. 
This is what this program is all about, to tell people how to get to heaven and keep from going to hell. Now, my friend, do you believe that Jesus bore your sin when he died on the cross? Do you believe he died for you, paid sin's price for you? Well, if you believe that, you've passed from death to life. You're on your way to heaven. You'll not come into judgment. If you've not believed that, believe today. That's all God wants you to do is believe. It's so simple. And if you believe today, write and let me know, and I'll send you some literature to help you. And if you want a cassette of all this week's teaching, ask for cassette number 4260 and send a $5 love gift and help me get the word out to the world every day. We preach all over the North American continent by radio and on 102 countries. And we send Bibles out all over the world. And I need your help to do that. Write me today. May God bless you richly is my prayer. have just heard Dr. F. Kenton Beeshore, president of the World Bible Society, as he has brought you today's edition of the Word of Prophecy. The World Bible Society is a faith missionary organization that for over three decades has given millions of Bibles through over a hundred distributors in 50 different countries. You're invited to participate financially and prayerfully in the worldwide ministry of the World Bible Society. Address your letters and send your gifts to Dr. Beshore, spelled B-E-S-H-O-R-E. Dr. Beshore, Box 1, Los Angeles, California, 90053. 